Howdy and welcome to your dog's best life. This is Leanne. So I thought I'd start uh, coming, starting back into podcasting with a tale of hopefully humor and uh, just kind of a fun little story about what's been going on in my life. So no dog training. Well, there might be a little bit. Uh, tag does feature a little bit in this. So we, I live in Southern Arizona and in Southern Arizona, we obviously don't get a boatload of rain but the rains we do get are split between two seasons. We have the winter rain season, which is drizzle. Like right now, today, it's kind of drizzling out, a little bit of snow, nothing extraordinary. And then the summer season, which we call the monsoon season, which starts in about early part of July and can last to mid-September, depending on how many hurricanes we get from the Gulf of California. And during that monsoonal season, the storms are not fluffy little happy drizzles. They are they can be pretty hardcore. You can get hail, you can get, of course, insane winds, and tons of lightning, and lots and lots of rain all at once. And due to this, my sheep live in a stock pond. My whole property is fairly vertical, granite, gnarly, rough country. And so the only place that's flat enough to herd or to even really own livestock and keep them safe is my stock pond. My stock pond's about a quarter acre, so it's not a very big stock pond because I'm pretty much at the top of the mountain. There's not a lot of water to run off into it. So it has a very small drainage. Anyway, even with all of that being said, because the stock pond can fill to about 12 to 14 feet deep, obviously sheep are not ducks. So the sheep do get moved to higher ground for the monsoon season, just in case I'm gone and there's a huge storm. But the rams I kept in a small round pen on what I consider to be the higher part of the stock pond. And in July, like mid-July, we got a huge storm up here. We had hail and we also got about two inches of rain all at once. When I went down, when the lightning was a little less terrifying, I went down and we had about eight to 10 feet of water in the deepest part of the stock pond. Where the rams were, the, sh the round pen was no longer round. It was shaped like a little moon. And the rams were all wedged in a corner. And they were very, very wet. They were very, very unhappy. And I let them out. And they kind of, you know, ran to safety. So they were fine. Everybody was fine. And now I've got sheep, my rams, loose. But it's no big deal. They're not going anywhere. There's only three of them. And they're going to hang out next to the ewes because they're boys. So I, I don't think much about it. Carry on with my life. And then, come late August, rams being what rams are, they decide that this world of living separated from the ewes is untenable. And they decide that more than anything else, they want to be with some girls. And they, they all have horns, and they all batter the shit out of my fencing until I've got one flock. <laughs> They're not contained. They're at large. Again... I'm pretty cavalier. I'm not, I'm not prone to panic. So I'm like, okay, fine. The sheep are loose. I have the source of water. They're not going to go very far. And we have a ton of grass. So why not let them eat my free food? So I text all the neighbors and say, is it okay if there are sheep on your property? And my sheep, my neighbors are like, yay, please keep your sheep on my property because everybody's worried about fire up here. We've had some devastating fires up here. And so the more stock we have, eating grass, the better off. And pretty much my stock are the only stock up here. So I get really cute updates from my neighbors as they take photos of their sheep, of my sheep kind of on their rocks and in their yards. And I'm always, you know, hypervigilant. Are you okay with that? And everybody's happy with it. So I have fantastic neighbors. 
So life carries on. I go to a trial in September and or August and I'm talking to somebody and she has five lambs for sale. I said, sure, I'll buy them. So I'm going to pick up a couple of lambs in October. Certainly by then my sheep will be back under control because underlying all of this, which wasn't a problem in July, but certainly started becoming a problem as my stock pond, as the rains continued and the stock pond did not seem to be going down, I had a trial scheduled for up here in November, mid-November. And you think, well, it's July and August. Well, that's kind of what I thought too. But mm, life isn't always the way we want it to be. So I did have a trial scheduled for the round pen, which was no longer round and no longer viable for anything other than ducks. And the sheep were on the lamb and I had binoculars and I was tracking them all over the mountain. Like I said, this is really rugged country and you'd see them and then three or four days later, I'd see them again. But my neighbors were updating me. They were taking pictures, sending to me via messenger or text. So I wasn't terribly worried. Then October comes, it's still raining or it had been raining all the way through September. My stock pond has gone down maybe a foot, foot and a half. It is still easily eight feet deep. I have a bunch of folks coming up for herding trial that cannot happen and I have no sheep because now the sheep instead of being seen every three to four days are now had moved on to ever being seen every five to six days and now weren't being seen for a week or more because in my naivete about water I completely forgot that if it rains non-stop up here all the creeks flow all the canyons were verdant, they were green, they were beautiful. They had these lovely little pure streams running through them. And my sheep were taking advantage of water and greenery everywhere. There was really nothing to keep them from ending up in Mexico. So then I start getting a little worried. I did, my neighbor spotted them because I kind of sent out word, hey, if you see my sheep, I do need to get them back under some sort of control. It's now October. I have a herding trial in November. You can see that this is getting a little worrisome. My stock pond is still about four to five feet deep. I still have no sheep. This is becoming a little bit concerning. So one of my neighbors is wonderful. She texts me a photo of my sheep in the middle of the road. It's a dirt road. We're it's not paved. We go about 10 miles an hour, so they're not in risk. They're not a pain in the ass. So anyway, uh, and they're about a mile away. So I, I have her, she comes, she's, she lives my, she's my neighbor. So she comes up, I hop in her car with, with tag, I head down and I'm already thinking about the mile walk home because that mile we go up about 860 feet in elevation. It's a gnarly, yucky, crappy, steep road. And it was hot. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So I get out there, the sheep have moved. We track the sheep down. They're about a quarter mile away from where she saw them. And they are in crazy, gnarly, brushy, rocky, steep crap. And I try to send Tag. And at first Tag can't even see the sheep. And then when she finally does discover the sheep, the problem is we have these little brushy plants here called mimosa. And if you're familiar with acacia, if you're familiar with roses or any hooked plant that kind of stops you, um, we call the uh, cat claw acacia, which is a taller version of the same plant. We call them wait a minute trees because you have to stop and unhook yourself 
every time you catch them or you're just not moving forward in these things. Well, mimosa are just thorny little kind of shitty little plants and they all grow to about three feet tall and they're everywhere. And poor little tag, A, she could hardly see the stock and then she took off into this mimosa. She's a little border collie, so she's having to jump them. The sheep are just plowing through them because they're taller and the sheep are gone. I mean, there's just no way. Tag cannot get out around them in time. She kind of loses them and they're off and running. Well, now I'm starting to freak out. It is, it is mid-October. My one attempt to catch my sheep, which I thought, oh, no problem, I'll just catch my sheep, turned into not quite the picture I imagined. And I've got a month to get sheep contained, get them back to being tame, get them to another facility where we can start working them because we still can't work them at my place because my place is still underwater. And so now I'm starting to get a little worried. But I'm still trying to remain cool to all the folks that I have waiting on the line because not only are my sheep necessary for the herding trial I'm doing up here in no on November like 16th or 17th, then the next day I'm trailering them to another trial about 30 miles away that I roped a friend of mine into because her facility was more amenable to it. And I rope her in and now suddenly I'm the one with no sheep. So I certainly can't be that person. So I'm trying to be cool. You know, I'm like, oh, the sheep are loose. No big deal. But yeah, inside I'm freaking out. So October, it's getting pretty late into October. I am now down to 20 days until the trial. I have not seen my sheep in days. I've been, I'm spending every spare moment running all over the mountain in my truck, in my ATV, hiking. I've got binoculars. I am looking high and low for these things. And I end up down in some gnarly canyons, probably... A mile and a half away as a crow's flies, but you have to drive out to the highway, drive up three miles, drive four miles down a dirt road, and it's kind of a deliverance type of scene down there. There's a lot of lots that just hold a bunch of trucks for no reason, a bunch of people who own land and just put a hut on it. So you're, it, these aren't, this isn't the kind of scene that you really feel safe tromping around in. So I'm, I'm trying to be super cautious to not get shot by some random neighbor down below. And I'm seeing signs of sheep way down in this canyon. And I'm thinking, oh man, the only way I'm gonna get these sheep out of here is if I go take alfalfa hay down there for a couple of days, kind of seed them, then bring the truck and trailer, then bring the dogs. And that's assuming that they don't see the dogs and bolt. So I'm starting to freak out quietly freaking out time is getting short we're heading to the end of october i am now less than 20 days from two trials my my arena is still about three feet deep in water but the good news is the round pen which we're using for the herding instinct test for the canaan dog folks that's just now a mud pit and about a foot deep in water. So I'm kind of crossing my fingers. I still have 20 days, but I have no sheep, so I don't know why I'm worried about that. So then I'm at the point where I'm starting to truly freak out. I text the folks, the Canaan dog folks, who's herding instinct trial for their 2021 national championships. I'm gonna be holding here with no sheep in a pond. I text them and say, look, we might have to make a change of venue. Uh, I called the person who I kind of got roped into the other trial and said, hey, we might have to move the Canaan dog folks to your place. She's wonderful about it. 
oh, and by the way, I may have no sheep. I didn't say that because there's no way I was not going to have sheep for this freaking trial. So I call a friend in northern New Mexico. She's about 500 miles away. I said, hey, do you happen to have any ewes lying around? And she did. She has very nice sheep and they're purebred and they cost exactly what you'd expect from very nice purebred sheep. That's not the price point I'm happy with, but you do what you got to do. So I say to her, I need six sheep. I need them yesterday. I'm going to come up on the first of, I believe the first of November was a Monday. I was going to drive up on Monday. I was going to pull, put the sheep in the truck or in the trailer. I was going to spend the night at the ranch that we have up in northern New Mexico, my, the family ranch. And then I was going to bolt back to Tucson on Tuesday in time to drop the sheep off and do a class that I had to do in the evening in town. And I'm like, I feel better. I mean, I'm spending a lot of money that I don't have on sheep I don't need, but I feel better. I've at least held up my end of the sheep bargain. The very next day, the very next day, I look out my window, I look down towards the corral, and I see a black head. I don't have any black-headed sheep down there right now. I have no sheep down there right now. Lo and behold, after I make a promise to travel a thousand miles in two days and buy six sheep I don't need for prices I really don't want to pay, I have a flock of sheep in my yard. So immediately I go down with the dogs, catch them, lock their little butts up, and now I have the sheep back. But here's the deal. Until three or four years ago, I was not really in the sheep world. I'm putting that in air quotes. I don't know if that's a thing. I, was, I come from the horse world and the dog world. And in those places, when you say you're going to do something, you actually follow through and do it. Since I started working with sheep, I have found so many people to be absolute flakes in the sheep business or industry or whatever you want to call it. I've had more buyers stand me up and never show. I've had sellers where I said, do you have use? And they said, yes, I've had use. And I've driven over hundred miles to find out that that person can't tell the difference between use and rams. And in fact, has nothing but rams. And then tries to tell me, oh, but they're good rams and they're shit rams, but I don't want rams. So I didn't want your good rams, which aren't good. And I don't want rams. And so I, the last thing I want to be is that person. I said, I'd go pick up these sheep and I've got to go pick up the sheep. That's the right thing to do. So even though I had my flock, I did pile in my truck and head to northern New Mexico to pick up six very, very nice purebred dorper ewes. But here's the thing. <laughs> this can't be easy either. Why would this be easy? Nothing else has been easy. I show up and I, I love this person. She's a wonderful person. Her sheep freaking cows. They've got away over 200 pounds a piece. They're morbidly obese. And they look at my trailer, which is probably about a 12 inch jump from the ground. And they're like, no way are we going to hoik our fat asses into that horse trailer. I don't care what you do. And I had dogs. She had dogs. And <laughs> Sheep were like, oh, hells no. And so we decide that they're in a little pen, so they're wedged up against the trailer. They, they don't have anywhere to go, but they, what they are committed to is they are wedged against the trailer facing us, and they're so 
freaking huge and they're bison that there's just, I can't get them in. So we try the whole, <laughs> you take the front end and I'll take the rear end and we're just going to hoik them into the trailer. Well, <laughs> that does not play out well. Um, it's not good for your back. <laughs> just so you know, uh, to pick up 100 pounds of flailing psycho sheep and chuck it into a trailer and then just to have it jump over its friends. Now it can jump. Oh, now it's really sprightly. So finally, we, we get the sheep in. And I learned a very valuable lesson, actually. And I will give you a little piece of actual information that could be value to all four people on this, who listen to this podcast who may have livestock. I know that sometimes you have to take pressure off the stock to make the move. And we had, we thought we had, we'd we had a, we'd taken, a, I, I took Matilda, my little psycho border collie on in a leash because I'm like, her vibe is batshit. So I'm like, well, the sheep are going to run away from this. And we had her, we didn't have her in super close. We had her probably about 10 feet away and those sheep were all clumped together and they were like, hell's no. And uh, the woman I bought the sheep from finally went to go get one of her own stock dogs. And while she did that, I took Matilda and walked further away to lean against the fence because I was broken after trying to hoik a 200-pound ewe into a horse trailer. And I took the pressure off, and those sheep turned around and marched in that trailer like they'd done it a thousand times. It was really embarrassing. <laughs> it was really bad. But anyway, uh, so we got the sheep in the trailer. Uh, no flat tires coming or going, thankfully. I spent a wonderful evening uh, with my brother-in-law in New Mexico. Picked up a bunch of hay that I really loved. It was a new hay that I'd never heard of. It's called, I'm going to forget, triticale. Really nice hay. The sheep love it. I'd want to go back to New Mexico and pick up some more. I don't think they grow it down here. Anyway, picked up a bunch of hay to fill out my horse trailer, at least make the, make the trip more, more worthwhile. Headed back, got home in town, unloaded the sheep, got into town, trained my, trained my couple of classes. Whew, whole huge weight off my shoulders. I now have sheep. Because I also had agreed to those lambs back in August in... Durango. I had picked up those lambs back in October, I think, at a herding trial in in Phoenix. So I did have those lambs, but they were pretty young. So I didn't think that maybe one or two would be able to be used for the trial. The rest were too too small. Uh, they were pretty tame, but they weren't super tame. And we were doing herding instinct tests. And for those, you need really, 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 really stock broke sheep, which I have a couple of off in the desert mowing somebody else's lawn. Uh, or I did. Now I have all these sheep. So now I have all these sheep. Now I've got a lot of sheep. And I went down, collected a couple sheep that I had loaned to uh, a student of another trainer here in town. Got those sheep, put them in my trailer, took them to my herding instructor. So now the, all the sheep are, except for the heifers, the big monster sheep, we left those in. Because there's no way you could use them for herding instinct trials. They just kill people. They're so flipping huge. So I've got sheep. Now I'm up, to my, I'm up to my ears in sheep. I've got sheep everywhere. And we got them sorted, which was really fun, really educational. I really loved it. We, we would pull a set of four sheep out for the actual herding trial. We were putting on a herding trial for the Miniature American Shepherds 2020 Makeup National Championship, also in November. So we had two trials back to back. And so we needed to sort the sheep to make sure that every dog had the same run. Uh, it's really important that the dogs don't get like a rogue sheep. That's not fair. So um, 
it was great because I'm working with a really skilled handler. My herding instructor, Sue Bradley, is just a, a fantastic. Uh, she reads stock really well. She's really good with dogs, a wealth of information, um, a, just a great all-around mentor. I always tell people, if you, if you lack anything in your life, get a mentor. And, and I just love her. And so we were able to, over a period of a couple, three weeks, get all my sheep tamed back down, get them all sorted into nice packets, um, little threes and fours for the trials that we were going to put on. Everything was coming together. Uh, my round pen was finally drying out. And I kind of was feeling like, whew, I, I, I might have dodged a bullet here. Got all my sheep. They're, they're not in my house, but they're, they're accounted for. We're ready, to, we're ready to roll, man. I think we can put on some trials once my stock pond dries. Right, I want to say two weeks before we were supposed to have the Canaan Dogs folks come up for their national championship herding instinct trial, my round pen finally dries. And I'm able then to, I had to reassemble the round pen because the round pen was torn apart by the water that came in. So I took the whole round pen apart. Parts of it were wedged in such deep mud, I couldn't shift them, I couldn't move the panels. Get this, how convenient is this? We had a neighbor with, who's doing some sort of work on his property up here, and he had a skid steer up, which is, uh, if you're not a farmy person, it's essentially a tractor with a, a bucket in front. But it's a really heavy tractor. It's very specifically built to move. It's like a little mini earth mover, and they're tiny, and they're very... They're very um, agile, so they can move in very small spaces. And it had a bucket in front, and that's what I needed. Because my round pen, now that it was mostly dry, I was still waiting, I still had two weeks, was very lumpy. From the water having come in, it had deposited a ton of sand, and it was deep, and it was lumpy. It was mostly, I didn't care how deep it was, because good, that slows the sheep down, slows the dogs down, slows the people down, everything gets slower, yay. But it was very lumpy, and that's not good. So... I'm now a week away. My herding trial is one week away. I've told the Canaan dog folks that we are go on the mountain because the stock pond is now dry enough where the round pen is that we can do it. It's no longer muddy. The, the guy who's renting the skid steer up above me, the skid steerer is on the way down and he breaks down. He gets a flat tire and is parked on the dirt road heading into Tucson. And I'm able to stop write with Sharpie on a piece of paper in my car. Hey, here's my phone number. Please I, don't leave the mountain. I need your skid steer. Uh, he calls me the very next day. I haven't come up because I'm concerned because the, the ground underneath is still kind of wet and I'm concerned that he's going to sink his skid steer in to my stock pond and now I won't just have a not flat stock pond. I'll have a, have a skid steer stuck in the middle of it. He walks it. He thinks it's pretty solid, pretty safe for a skid steer. We get the skid steer up. We are less than a week away. The skid steer comes up and is inevitable with a skid steer. It breaks down. We have an hour wait while they fiddle with it. Thankfully, they get together. They do great work, beautiful work. Everything comes together. It's, it's round. The skid steer is able to pull my panels, my last couple panels out of the mud. I get the round pen put back together. It takes me a couple of days. Uh, and we're ready. We're ready to roll. I, it's like unbelievable. I go to my, my mentor's house, Sue Bradley's house. I pick up the stock that we're going to use for the herding instinct test up here for the Canaan dog folks. The Canaan dog folks come up and by God, it 
it worked. We had a beautiful, wonderful trial. We had lovely weather. It was, it was wonderful. They had a bunch of great dogs. It was fun to hang out with them. We ate leftover uh, Halloween candy. They brought up sandwiches. After they were done, I popped all the sheep back into the horse trailer, took them back down to Sue's place. We were able to resort them really quickly, got them all ready for the trial the next day. The trial the next day was for the miniature, miniature American Shepherd folks uh, for their, it wasn't just a herding instinct trial, it was a full herding trial for them. Uh, the sheep were perfect. Everything was perfect. I got to handle stock and dogs all day long. Got a real education in how tag affects sheep because it was totally night and day from her to Cody. It was fascinating. It, it, was, it was beautiful. So um, I just thought I'd tell you that's how my summer went. Uh, we did a couple trials. We did dock diving for the first time. We uh, tag was reserve high in trial in Durango. We had a great summer. And I just got crazy busy and I haven't been podcasting, but I'm going to be good. I promise. I think we may be able to get another person to help me out with the podcast. We may have trapped her in a corner and she may step in. We'll see, hopefully fingers crossed. And I actually have a, a little bit of a plan going forward. So I want to say that I should have a podcast out next week. So Anyway, uh, I missed you guys. I hope you guys missed me and happy training. Have a good one. And I hope your summer was filled with adventures as much as mine was. Thank you for listening to your dog's best life. This is Leanne. If you like us, please like, rate, share, review, and have a great day. Happy training.